0: chapter seven, verse number 25, a very short passage of scripture, but so very, very powerful. We want to read that at the beginning of our lesson here this morning. Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25. If you have your Bibles and you are there, somebody say amen. Praise God. If you're getting there, say amen. All right. Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25. Wherefore, he is able. Everyone say able. Amen. God is a God that is able. He is able. Man, that's just a message right there. I don't care what the enemy says. God is able. Hallelujah. Praise God. Put your faith in a God that is able. (laughs) Who would want to serve a God that is unable? Praise God. But we're in the house of God serving a God that is able. Amen. He's able. Wherefore, he is able. Also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He lives to make intercession for them, or another way of putting it would be he lives to make intercession for us. And so this morning, I want to talk about the intercessor. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Know that your presence is in this house. Feel you in a very powerful way. We thank you for your goodness. Amen. And everybody that is in this place today, as we have come to lift up our praise to you, our voice to you, spend some time with you and your word. Amen. Let there be encouragement and conviction be in this house. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word intercession means the act of intervening or mediating between different parties, the act of intervening or mediating between differing parties, particularly if the act of praying to God is on the behalf of someone else. And I'm sure this morning as we are sitting here in the house of God that there are some things that, and there are some people that we could spend some time interceding on their behalf. They may not be here for a variety of reasons, and there's a lot of reasons, praise God. And sometimes it's difficult to try to get at all the reasons, but one thing you can do is pray for somebody. Amen. So I know that in this place today, there is somebody probably on your mind and in your heart right now that you could intercede on the behalf of them. Praise God. Why don't we just do that for a moment right here? God, I thank you and praise you. Individuals that are coming to my mind right now, I intercede on their behalf. They're not here. Amen. But I know that you're a God that is able and you're able to go to the uttermost to reach them. And so we agree together in the house of God today and we ask that you would touch them right now wherever they may be. Amen. Touch them and let them feel what we feel in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. You never know how a short, simple prayer like that can go so very, very far. Amen. So intercession means intervening or mediating on the behalf of someone else. This is risky, and it takes a certain boldness because you become the person between God and And the person or people or situation and it takes sacrifice as you are removed to the background and you bring someone else to the forefront my many times if we're not careful we come to church and service because of what we want to receive. Intercession means that we remove ourselves to the background and then we are in the place, whether it's in the altar, it's a worshiper in the building, and we intercede on the behalf of someone else and we push them into the foreground. My worship is for somebody else. My my prayer is for somebody else. My praise is for somebody else. That takes a little bit of sacrifice because it's not always about me. It's about somebody else. It's about a people, it's about a city, it's about a section of town, it's about a country, it's about a nation, it's about a world where we say I want that to be in the forefront and let me recede to the background and God do a work and bless somebody else. This is not in our nature. It is not in the nature of our culture. But how about we as the church start praying about somebody else to be blessed. Praise God. You know what happens when you start doing that? You start growing because it's not all about your selfish reasons, but it's about the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. And we celebrate in that. So it's risky. It's bold. It's bold action. And it takes a certain boldness to step before God and intercede on the behalf of some or a people or a situation. Genesis chapter 18 gives to us an example of this. In verse number 20, Abraham is praying and he is interceding. And he intercedes and he starts at 50 people. And then he goes to 45 people and then 30 people and 20 people and 10 people. Verse number 20, the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it. Which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous. With the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their their sakes. Abraham is standing in a risky position when he asks and he questions, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? God, you've got to do right by Sodom and Gomorrah. This is risky, and this is bold because you are speaking to God, and you are in the position between God and the inhabitants of the city, but you know why Abraham was so bold, and you know why he took the risk? Because there was some family members in that city that he was praying for to get out of the wickedness of that city. It's easy to become bold and take risk when You've got a connection with somebody and you want to see them saved. Praise God. Anybody got a family member? Anybody got a relative and a connection and a friend? Somebody that you're working with? I challenge you to be bold and to take the risk and say, God, your word said in the verse that we read in the beginning that you're a God that is able and you reach to the uttermost. I don't care how bad it looks. There may only be 50, 40, 30, there may be only 10. But can you save for ten? I believe that God is a God that is able to save to the uttermost. Be bold. Take the risk and see the hand of God at work. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and let's love the Lord together. Praise God. The intercessor. Abraham became the intercessor. Mine. We've read that story. If you haven't read the story, Genesis chapter 18 family barely makes it out of the city because of the wickedness of that place. Exodus chapter 32 and verse number 11, Moses is interceding for an entire people. Abraham is interceding for a city and then more specifically a family within that city. Moses is interceding for the newly liberated Hebrew people that come out of Egypt. Exodus chapter 32 and verse number 11 And Moses is praying, and he says to God, he besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath. And repent of this evil against thy people. (laughs) You talk about risky and you talk about bold. I would read that again if it would not be redundant. Moses is, is standing in the gap and he is challenging God. You cannot do this, God, because if you do this, the Egyptians are going to say. That you were working mischief and you were bringing them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them. And then Moses said, turn from your fierce wrath. And this is Moses speaking to God. Moses says, repent or turn away. Turn away of this evil against thy people. You talk about bold. Moses is saying, you brought them out with a mighty hand. You've done mighty works. You can't leave them out here. You can't remove them. You can't take them out because you're the God that brought them out. Moses was interceding on their behalf. You know what, I really believe this. You may think I'm crazy. Now, this is a bold statement, and it's very controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe that you, as the people in this church, you are the salt of this city, and this city is better because of you and because of your prayers and because of your interaction on the job whether it's at a car dealership whether it's moving packages around this city for UPS you matter and you are the salt of the earth and this city has a representation of an intercessor because you're in it I want to pray for my city praise God I want every part of my city to feel the power and the effects of God you're not a nobody you're the people of God, and God's called you out and given you opportunity to testify about his goodness. And this city and this community of half a million people are better off because there's an apostolic person on the job that is full of the Holy Ghost, that has the power of God working through them and in them. There's a peace and a comfort that comes from what God is doing in your life, and people are better because of it. God, praise God, every place that you go, you need to say my feet are walking and there's a power anointing, I don't know who might ask me today of the power that is within me, but I want every step that I take in this city to make a statement, I'm a child of God and this city is God's and everything in this city is God's, praise God, you strip out the representation of the hand of God and the work of God and the church of God And there is a city that has absolutely no voice in it. We don't need to have a voice that is limited. We need to have a voice that is loud. We don't need to be ashamed of who we are. After all, God has done great things for us. And he's working through us. And therefore, we should be bold and take the risk to believe that God is able to do above and beyond what we could even think. Our ass. Hallelujah. I think we need to clap our hands and thank God. (laughs) Moses, that was pretty bold. Moses in Exodus chapter 32, verse 30, came, it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. Moses was the intercessor. Praise God. Abraham was interceding for a city and a people. Moses was interceding for a liberated people. Ezra chapter 9 and verse number 6, we see a remnant that is carried off into captivity in Babylon. And then there is a remnant that returns, and they return to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem after Babylonian captivity. Some return. This is known as the diaspora because the Hebrew people were solely concentrated in Israel, Palestine, But then they were carried off into two captivities. The northern tribes, ten of them, were taken into Assyrian captivity. The two tribes lasted longer, and they were eventually carried into Babylonian captivity. Assyrian captivity, 722 B.C., Babylonian captivity, 586 B.C. And really, the 586 B.C. captivity, they were all taken into Babylon, except for a few, a small remnant, and then they were allowed to return. They returned to rebuild the walls of the city, but many of them never returned, and many of them ended up going into all parts of the world, and this is why it's known as the Diaspora. Ezra was one of the ones that entered back into Jerusalem to rebuild the walls after Babylonian captivity. And in Ezra chapter 9 and verse number 6, listen to his prayer as he prays to God. Oh, my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face up to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespasses grown up unto the heavens. Since the days of our fathers, we have been in great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands through the sword to captivity and to a spoil and to confusion of face as it is this day. And now for a little space, grace have been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God, and to repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments, which thou hast commanded by the servants, the prophets, saying, The land unto which you go to possess it, It is an unclean land with filthiness of the people of the lands with their abominations which you have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. Ezra is praying an intercessory prayer. He's recognizing and acknowledging the sin of the people and how it is over their heads. Iniquities that have been great, great trespass. And so he is praying that a nail could be in the wall, just a nail in the wall. God, give to us an opportunity just to have a nail in the wall because we have lost so much. But if you could just give us a slight anchor in which we could reprioritize our thinking and our mentality and give to us a place and so he is interceding. These these are great examples here this morning. Abraham and Moses and Ezra of interceding on the behalf of a person, a people, or a nation. Amen. Men and women that will risk the danger of standing between God and people to boldly plead their case. But here is what is earth-shattering here this morning, and this is what I I really want to get at because in our first passage of Scripture that we read in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, What is amazing about this is that God, through Jesus Christ, Jesus is one that liveth. He lives to make intercession for us. Every time I've mentioned intercession here today, I've talked about interceding on the behalf of someone else. Praise God. And typically, when we talk about intercessory prayer, we're talking about that prayer where we pray for somebody else. But according to our text verse here this morning, God is an intercessor and he intercedes on our behalf. You know the power that is found resident in that statement. Praise God. Praise God. That means it's not a person standing between God and a situation but it is God standing between me and the situation. It is God that stands between me and my past. You know how powerful that is because your past can destroy you. Your past can overtake you. But there is a standard that is raised against that flood that would come and try to overtake you. And the standard is God himself Jesus Christ the author and finisher of our faith is standing there to intercede on our behalf and say to our past you are not going to control a child of God you are not going to overtake them they're going to be okay because I'm standing in the gap I'm pushing back I'm praying God stands between me and my failure. You may have had difficulties and things haven't measured up for you and so there's been failure in our life and if we really want to be honest this is another controversial statement everybody's a failure and everybody's failed so don't get too egotistical about your spiritual walk because every single one of us have struggled and we've come up short and so our failures could be up over our head and consume us and cause us to lose out with God but you know who intercedes on your behalf it is Jesus Christ that says I don't care what the failure was this is a child of God and they're gonna make it they're going to accomplish great things and I'm going to stand in the gap and in between Woo! I'm preaching to somebody here. You may be embarrassed by the past and by your failures, but don't be embarrassed about this. Jesus Christ is the intercessor that is praying for you. Woo! Praise God. The devil would love to destroy you, but Jesus is standing in the gap and he's praying. (laughs) that ought to make some of you happy. That ought to make some of you real happy because there's some people that won't forget about your failure and they'll remind you about your failure. Can I get a witness in this place here today? They'll roll out the long laundry list and how bad and how ugly and bloody and difficult it was and they won't ever forget it. But there is an intercessor that went to Calvary and his blood was shed so that he could wash and cleanse. And that's the intercessor that says, I don't remember that, that's under the blood. I'm going to intercede on their behalf. You better not judge lest you be judged. I'm going to be in the position and in the place of interceding on their behalf. Well, for those of you that are just sitting there and you're not helping me preach, you've forgotten where God brought you from. You (laughs) Woo! You've forgotten the failures that God pulled you out of. There's a God between me and my enemy. The accuser, the devil, the roaring lion, praise God. When the world comes in like a flood, there is a standard that is raised against it. I know we talk about boundaries and we talk about standards and that's what we're talking about, but there's a gold standard. Praise God. Uh, This controversial. I'm making a lot of controversial statements this morning. Praise God. There's some standards that are not gold standards. Praise God. But there is a gold standard in Jesus Christ the righteous. And when the world comes in like a flood, there's a gold standard that comes up and raises up a standard against it. When it comes in like a flood, Jesus Christ is the gold standard. There is nothing that is better. than what he is able to accomplish and what he is able to do. There is nothing more powerful than Calvary because it's Calvary that washes and cleanses and renews. It's a Calvary that he becomes the King of kings and Lord of lords because there is nobody that can do what he can do with sin and degradation and shame. Jesus Christ conquered it all. Keep raising your hands, sis, because that's the kind of God that we serve. I don't want you to think anymore about your past. I don't want you to think anymore about your failures. I want you to think about the intercessor. Hallelujah, the intercessor. You go talk to him. The intercessor. You go talk to him. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Please, musicians, come quickly. I feel the Holy Ghost. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You know, I shouldn't even be here, but there was was an intercessor that stepped in and said, No, you're not going to destroy that 16-year-old that's still trying to mature and develop and can't figure out where he's going or what he's doing. There's a call of God on his life. I'm going to intercede on his behalf. There's some of you shouldn't even be in this place. You should be so overwhelmed by your sin and your shame. You should be strung out on some drug, alcohol, completely, not even in the building. But you're in the building. There's some of you here that could have been destroyed by bitterness. But there was an intercessor that stepped in and said, I'll be between you and the hurt and the pain and the difficulty. I'll be your healer. I'll be your strength. I'll be the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. I'll be your peace. Praise God. Come on, let's lift up our hands and love him together. There's a God between me and my imperfection. There's a God between me and what I don't even understand. Hallelujah, come on. Jesus gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice and he makes intercession for us. He stands between us and fear, us and doubt, us and confusion, us and weakness, us and what we don't understand. Praise God, praise God. Listen to me just for a moment. I'm gonna read one more verse and then we're gonna pray. This is what Paul means when he writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 34 and he says, Who is he that condemneth? Who is he that condemneth? Who's he that brings condemnation? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession for us. And then he says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He said we are in all these things more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's the intercessor, and if he's interceding for me, there is nothing, nothing. Nothing that can destroy me. There's no failure that can destroy me. There's no abuse that can destroy me. There's no dysfunction that can destroy me. There's no situation that can destroy me. Hallelujah, and the reason why nothing can destroy you is because you got somebody on your side who is the intercessor. I want you to lift up your hands and lift up your voice, and I want you to pray, God, be my intercessor. Don't let me ever forget, you're the one that stands in between me and all the things that would try to destroy me. Hallelujah. Come on. The Holy Ghost is in this place this morning. Praise God. He intercedes on your behalf. He prays for you. you. He prays for you just like you pray for others. Except for, I guarantee you, he's more on the job than we are.
1: God, praise, God, praise God, praise God, praise
0: God. Oh Hallelujah. Come on, there's nothing that can destroy you because there's a God that is able. What does he do? He lives to intercede for you, and he's able to reach. that look impossible. Amen. You may have find yourself, your family, your situation, your home. There's a lot of things that could come to to mind that may seem like an impossibility. While they sing this again at the conclusion of this service, I want you to pray about those things. Amen. That's our faith. We just keep going back and we keep praying. We're persistent because we believe that God is able to do it. Praise God. And if he doesn't do it, that doesn't make God less, doesn't minimize God. Praise God. We're not going to go that route either. We're just going to say, God, you're a God that knows all things. Amen. Beyond what we know. So we're coming to you again in the face of the impossibility. And we're going to take the risk and we're going to be bold. And we're going to pray a prayer that is authoritative and bold. We're not hedging. We're just speaking faith. Praise God. As they sing again, I want you to take those impossible situations before the Lord. Praise God. How about it? Let's lift up our hands and let's pray that together. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I pray that you would break and penetrate. Praise God. Every barrier that says it's an impossibility, it can't be done. There is no way out. Hallelujah. We're coming to you in faith, Lord. And we believe that you are able. Two reach to the... Let's pray, God. Let's praise God as if it's already happened. I'm going to praise you and worship you as if it's already happened. Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice. Lord, I worship you and praise you. Faith is giving you praise before it ever comes to pass. I don't see it. I may not even feel it. Praise God, but I know that you are worthy to receive praise. Jesus Christ, through the empowerment and eternal Spirit of God, lives, everyone say lives, to make intercession for us. Praise God, praise God, praise God. God. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. We're going to be back here tonight. It's Be There Night tonight. Bring somebody to the house. It's a great opportunity because we. We're going to have fellowship. We're going to have food. We're going to mix. This is going to be a good time. Tonight at 5.30, we'll be here in the well for prayer. Service begins at 6 o'clock. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.
2: Just. and a whole